Hungry Trilobite Podcast would like to start by acknowledging these fine conventions. SoonerCon. Oklahoma's longest-running pop culture convention is ready to return in 2023. SoonerCon 31 will be held in Norman, Oklahoma on June 30th through July 2nd, 2023. Gaming, cosplay, autographs, and an art auction await. Visit SoonerCon.com for more details. The Hellmouth Convention where fandoms bleed together. Evoking the center of the mystical convergence, our event includes fandoms and travelers from all over the world. Like the Hellmouth itself, things gravitate toward it that you might not find elsewhere. The celebration is scheduled for June 9th through 11th, 2023, in Los Angeles, California. Go to thehellmouth.org to plan your visit. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today's episode of Hungry Trilobite is the most important we have ever done. I've spent over 150 episodes talking about various ways that using your creativity and being a fan of something can make the real world a better place. Well, today we're going to take that into high gear. If you're getting this off the internet right away... It's on or very soon after January 8th, 2023. Let's look at the calendar right now and look at the date January 14th, 2023. Let's circle that because that is the day that I want you to be a hero. I want you to join me in an effort to feed the hungry through Star Trek fandom. We're going to talk about a great project with a lot of fantastic people behind it on today's episode with John Billingsley. And afterward, I'd like to meet back here and we'll further that discussion on ways that you personally can help. Let's get started right now. Back again, we have John Billingsley. How are you doing this evening? Peachy Keen. I am so glad to talk to you here because we have a really cool project going on here. Uh, For somebody who might not be aware, last year, Trek Talks uh, created a telethon to benefit the organization you work with, the Hollywood Food Coalition. And you and I talked about that last time. And it was a, a banger of an event. I mean, it was packed with all sorts of talent and these really cool events. And you're doing it again, I hear. We are doing it again. Yes, we raised $80,000 for the Hollywood Food Coalition, which is the organization I've been working with for the past six years, which helps provide a ton of different services primarily centered around food to people in need throughout LA County. We work with about 130 not-for-profits to help buttress and augment their needs as well as serving a hot multi-course meal to all comers seven nights a week. And uh, yes, we had a very successful uh, multi-hour telethon last year with about 50 guests. We're doing the same again this year. We're doing it a little bit differently in that there'll be fewer guests, but we'll have deeper dives with each person. Mm -hmm. And we've got some... um, some real A-listers that uh, have asked to not have their names released until we get closer to the event. But Brent Spiner is going to be there, and Jonathan Frakes, and then uh, Visitor, Terry Farrell. We'll have four or five panels uh, centering on um, issues that have relevance to Star Trek fans, such as behind the scenes, the women of Star Trek, um, a tribute to Nichelle with the Sci-Fi Sisters. going to be very exciting with some wonderful musical interludes and Bonnie Gordon is going to help me co-host. I will be looking forward to a lot of it, but the Bonnie Gordon element is one I'm specifically looking forward to. She, I, I, I adore her. Absolutely. Her presence on, on social media is great. And I, you know, obviously the voice is fantastic. 
yeah, she's just, she's such an incredibly talented and warm and loving person. I haven't known her for very long. We met at a convention in Baltimore, I think. We had a adjoining tables and I, I just came to adore her immediately. She's such a marvelous, warm, open presence. So she very graciously leaned in to help with this event and uh, to support the food coalition. So I thought, well, hey, what you, you should be with me. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I trust your judgment there. And you already answered the first question I had in mind when I heard that not only were you doing the telethon again, but you were doing it better. I'm like, how could you top last year? And well, be better. I mean, you know, a different orientation. And, and you know, the hope is that we'll keep doing this every year. And I really, as much as I, I'm interested in having this event raise funds and awareness for the Hollywood Food Coalition, what also really appeals to me is just the nature of tractivism, what we call tractivism itself, which is the idea that what track represents, the values it represents are so much about coming together, community building, figuring out ways to be better neighbors and better friends and helping the world. So a lot of what we do every year and what I want to keep continue encouraging is for folks who are a guest to talk a bit about the things they're passionate about, the things that they're doing, the things that we could all do to kind of lean in a little bit more into our own communities. So that's that's going to be, um, as we keep moving forward, always part of what we're trying to keep in mind is how do we tell that story? And it's, it's an interesting story because... I'm amazed at how often we do the same thing a little bit better or a little bit differently each time. So many conventions have some sort of nonprofit or charity components, and that's not a one-off. It seems to be almost baked into the model now. I totally think it is. And I, uh, you know, one of the things that I've certainly learned in my, my years volunteering is that almost everybody you meet does do something. I mean, most, most human beings have, um, a deeply compassionate side and are in some ways bent towards giving back. If I have a pitch, it's merely that to me, the nature of what you do is like a dial. And I think it's possible, possible for some to maybe just dial it up a notch. Even a small gradation in terms of how much of your time or energy or passion or money you might give could make a substantial difference in your community. And for, and some, and for some who haven't found yet what mm -hmm. that volunteeristic bliss is, that's the other thing that I think is exciting. You know, it's sort of like some enchanted evening when you figure out what it is that you might be doing that will make you feel good about yourself and help the world. It's a wonderful feeling. It really can change your life. It, it can be. And it happens at these, you know, events and the, these organizations where you're, you're putting people together ostensibly for the purpose of having a good time. And those are always really fun weekends. But when you get a bunch of people together to start brainstorming on, gee, well, you know, we could pull our resources into this one cause while we're here and it's only cost maybe an extra five bucks above what we were already spending and you multiply that by 200 suddenly you got something going yeah and you know everybody lives somewhere and in their community be it a town or a city or a village or a hamlet there's there's a bunch of stuff going on that is fundamentally um virtuous and i do sometimes think that we're just uh, you know a little bit of a, a google search away from finding an organization that we could belong to that could change our lives. I mean, I always joke, I went in one day to make a fruit salad and then I became the board president. So as I've often said, anything can happen in America. Um, I've stepped down from that role and I'm now the chair of the development committee. But I really think that so much of what happens as you get more invested in a particular organization, as you get to work with the folks and you have more and more of a sense of ownership and a sense of, I care so much about the mission. I want to be a voice at the table. You can find that you've actually become somebody quite critical 
to an organization in a way. And I think that's something that could be very meaningful for people who are looking for more, more substantive things to do in their community. Mm -hmm. And people will often approach these, these possible positions of volunteership and they'll be like, well, I don't know what I could do and I don't know what role I could have. And that's understandable because they haven't done it. But these organizations are very good at making smart decisions as to who to put in what position because yeah. they, they're so understaffed, they need the help and they will put it where they need it. Absolutely. And, you know, so much of I mean, I found when when I started working for the Food Coalition that one of the first jobs that I wanted to take on with some other folks was to get everybody together who had been volunteering or who liked the organization but didn't necessarily um, have a sense of what its its long term vision was get everybody together in a room and say, let's start, let's just do a day long brainstorming exercise about what we see down the road for this organization. How would we like to see it grow over the next three months, six months, year, five years? What would be your dream of where we are 20 years from now? It doesn't take a PhD to be able to say, I have a thought. Hmm. And all those thoughts and all those ideas and all those notions kind of coming together help figure help a, an organization figure out, oh, this is our strategic plan. And it's really rooted in all these people who've come together to help devise it and build it, and who probably, like as not, once it's embraced, will stick around to help execute it. And all it takes are two people to say they have the same problem to realize it's not that obvious. If we had a solution, it would benefit us it would benefit more people it's people are always under the impression that their problem they're the only ones with that problem and that's almost never the case yeah i mean i it, it I, this is always the thing for me it's like i don't think you have to reinvent the wheel i think probably almost anything that you might think about that is of interest to you be it ecological degradation or social justice or environmental uh, you know for me it was hunger and poverty but there's so many things so many issues so many it could be it could just be something as simple as as your school system and joining the PTA or tutoring a kid or becoming a big brother i mean it the range in terms of actions that are possible it's from the you know the more minute to the vast but I do sometimes think there's more going on in your community than you're aware of. Mm -hmm. That is really great if you just kind of start digging. Mm -hmm. There, there are so many organizations, groups, and and opportunities is the word I'm looking for for just find a way to make a little bit of good here and there. Yeah, and something that I, I you know, personally think is just in and of itself is not a huge thing, but for folks who, which I totally get, I believe me, I'm, people have very busy and demanding lives, and I, you know, absolutely understand the nature of the like you don't understand everything. But something that the misses and I used to do, which was very satisfying, is we just took a day. And we put an email blast out to all of our pals and said, we're going to do a food drive. And if you want to put a couple of bags of food out on the porch, um, we'll we'll pick it up. And we just made a schedule for ourselves. And we we went and, you know, got two cars, cars full of food and dropped them off at the local food bank. You could do the same with clothing, with toys, with books. And if you ask your friends to ask their friends, you can expand that network through a form of healthy metastasis. And you can give yourself a monthly action that doesn't require you to join anything or pay any dues or make any commitments, but that ties you into something that feels regular, consistent, and virtuous. And, and that's very similar to what's going on with this telethon here. It started off being uh, a, 
a concept by the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, who themselves were just a couple of people who had these separate shows, and they pooled their resources to kind of boost their own uh, uh, production values. And from there, they said, well, we boosted our production values. Can we boost our efforts in return to the community? Well, it's funny because I did an, I was on an interview with Bill and Dan, and they said that they had Jonathan Frakes on, and he did a, you know, a spot with them to raise money for Feeding America. I said, well, what if we did something bigger and we actually had more guests? And they said, oh, what would that look like? And so that's where the concept uh, came from. But they were so um, eager and enthusiastic to pitch in. We added John Champion from Roddenberry to the mix. We added the wonderful Jay Stoby to the mix. We added the wonderful Earl Green, who is our tech director, to the mix. We now have, we have Bonnie Gordon now, Amy Boitano, who's a Uber fan and has been both generous with her time and her money. Um, it, it's really uh, the sci-fi sisters are on board. So we now have a team of 10 folks to produce this event, plus the people who are on the staff of the Hollywood Food Coalition. And, and my hope as we continue to grow is, is to actually build and formalize a relationship with uh, CBS. And by the time this airs, that's only going to be a few days away. And we're going to have the option of streaming this to the whole world raising money, raising awareness. And what we're describing isn't functionally that different than sending out an email blast saying, I'm going to round up some food off your porch if you're up for it. Exactly. No, it's a couple extra Zoom meetings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for, for the fans who, uh, if for anybody who might be listening to this, who's thinking, oh, this is also, you know, it's also just fun. I mean, it's, it's like if you've never gone to a convention and, you know, conventions, and by the time you pay the airfare and the hotel and the yada yada, they're, you know, this is sort of the opportunity to kind of come to an eight-hour convention, meet, and get to experience the the wonderfulness of a lot of great people. You can still be in your pajamas, and the price of admission is, is you know, please, a donation to the Hollywood Food Coalition. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think it's also, because I never want to short sheet the pure entertainment value for the fans. Uh, it makes perfect sense that their willingness to tune in is predicated on the idea that they're going to enjoy the day. And we had a blast last year and got, I think, great response. I have every every confidence that this will be equally fun this year. That's a great point. I When I started this show, part of it was because I wanted to grab the experience of going to a con and having that interaction with somebody whose work you admire and, and or meeting a friend, a new friend. And that's something a lot of people don't get because a lot of people tell me I don't go to conventions. There's not one near me. I don't think I yeah. have the money. And yeah, this, this is a great, great substitute. And in fact, it's better in some ways because, like you said, you can still be in your pajamas. You can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, obviously, the the one thing we we can't replicate is the um, the delight of like minded fans gathering together. But as I've said to people, there's nothing to stop you from getting together with some friends in your community and watching it together in your living mm-hmm. room, or maybe getting your fans on a, um, you know, your your peeps together uh, electronically and watching en masse. There are ways to kind of continue to spread the nature of what it means to be a community and join another community. And I do think of it as one community. That's what I love about Star Trek and what has grown more and more um, meaningful to me. <laughs> as the years have passed is that this the reason this franchise is so special and interesting is that there has been a community that has formed that allows the 
those of us who are in front of the camera, those of us who are behind the camera, those of us who've been involved in the making of Star Trek to become very close and intricately connected to a raft of supporters of the franchise, fans and friends of the franchise. I really think of it as community building. It, it is. And, and people are enthusiastic about that. It's not like you're, you're getting hounded for a donation outside of Walmart. No, you, you enjoy the conversations. You enjoy the way of applying your fandom to doing something good for somebody else. And uh, somebody wants to, to get in, like get together electronically. If you don't have somebody in your neighborhood, get, get a yeah. discord server yeah. or a, a Facebook chat room we, we will have as well uh, on the Tractivism panel, a couple of people representing um, folks who, from a fan perspective, or from an, from a you know community perspective, have started their own wonderful enterprises in their efforts. So, I, I mean, I do hmm. think there's also uh, the gentleman who's going to be appearing this year, uh, Matthew Simone, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, has done some wonderful work generating revenue and support for a terrific uh, group called Esther's, uh, I think it's called Esther's Echo, which is based in, I should probably just make sure I've got that right, but I'm almost positive that's it, based in Africa, and it's a, a female-driven um, network of uh, people who are working in the social health and medical health uh, business, and a little bit of money goes a long way there. So he's done an amazing job at helping to, you know, transform the community. He lives in Canada, you know, just it touched him and wow, made it his life. It was, I, it was so lovely to see that. After the event, uh, obviously I can't do it right now, but after the event, I will go through and I will document who's involved in what panel and what organization they represent. And really right. any anything that we can do to network this together, because it might not be a cause that I can you know, I, I'm personally going to get involved in, but there may be a listener who wants to do that or wants more information. Exactly. I will get that to them. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, you know, and as we, as we keep doing this down the years and we become more sophisticated and we learn more, I'm sure that we'll get better and better ourselves at figuring out how to, how to, you know, excuse me, I have a little bit of a head cold today um, at how to do an even better job at getting the word out before and after that's something that we're still learning right now we're really you know depending on the kindness of strangers above and beyond what uh, what uh, Roddenberry does uh, what John does with Roddenberry and above and beyond what Trek Geeks does it's right now a network of about 80 or 90 folks who have been you know uh, offered very graciously to spread the word for us through social media through their podcasts through their writings I do think that the nature of Star Trek, there's such a huge array of folks who are in conversations with one another that we're still learning um, about how to how to megaphone it out to more people. Mm -hmm. And that partially comes down to the challenge of social media we have right now, where it's we can see how it can do so much good in such a short amount of time, and yet. One slight miscommunication can make things go completely sideways, and that turns everybody off. And I don't necessarily think that fear is justified. It's hard. I mean, yeah, you know, it's especially <clears throat> it's especially tricky if you have. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I so part of me, I work for a not for profit, and I'm very passionate about that work. Part of me also just wants to engage with fans and pals one on one. And I don't want to feel like every exchange, I have to be so tamped down and neutral to mm -hmm. make sure I don't offend anybody. And I'm sure that that's probably true for many, many people who are engaging in social media. 
And I, I never want to, I, I'm, I'm a lefty, so I don't like the idea that these words cancel culture and politically correct have been mechanisms by which I think the, the extreme right has found a way to say anything goes, no matter how noxious. But I do feel like there's a tr uh, there's there needs to be some understanding that people can have a sense of humor in the way they engage in social media without it becoming too, you know, I, I certainly have that challenge. <laughs> and I, I will say from the fan perspective, because uh, having gone to a bunch of cons and met a whole bunch of people and sent out a lot of unsolicited emails, I'll be very honest with you, I really never want to be the person who is like taking it too far, who is crossing that boundary, who I don't want to be the person you're afraid I'm waiting behind your car with a, a you know, a yeah, pizza full of rupees. And you know, I never feel that. I, I mean, I, I certainly, and again, not to be, um, not to minimize what uh, obviously as a, as, as an, as an old fat balding four eyed character guy, I'm probably don't have the same issues or concerns that an ingenue does. So mm -hmm. I, I get the legitimate fears that people who are celebrities or, or known entities can have. For me, it has been, you know, an un, un, unadorned joy uh, in my life to get to know a lot of people. I've, that's one of the reasons I love what I do is I get to meet a lot of people. And I, I've, you know, mm -hmm. I, I can count the, honestly, I could count. I don't know that I can ever, I could come up with a single instance where I felt like, oh, Jesus, I'm scared there are people who have their issues and, and you have to be very delicate and gentle. And there are people who've, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, kind of developed more, more of a sense of closeness to what they think I am than would probably be healthy for them. But that's different. Mm -hmm. Mostly what I get concerned about is in my own interactions is finding that line between being who I am, which is a smart ass mm -hmm. and, and recognizing that I'm also trying to be a bit a bit of a public personality attached to a cause and in a very small way i mean you know this is not i ain't brad pitt so it's not about this is a we are two and a half million dollar year organization nonetheless it, it becomes more of a of a question for me as i you know i saw so consequently i've kind of pulled back on my own personal use of social media you know um, which i which i mm -hmm. miss sometimes but it's the nature of the beast and that's, that's also been something that's really been a concern to me is that you're not the only celebrity I've seen do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. And I, and I mean, there are, you know, look, obviously, on the one end of the spectrum, there's the Kanye where it's just like, oh, my God, you know, I, I, people who blow themselves up because they uh, do not understand what is either civil, polite or or legitimate discourse. Then there's the other end of it where I do feel like every now and again, it's like, you know, in an unguarded moment, somebody says something that could be misconstrued and it becomes like this issue. And eek. that's, I think, what a lot of people who are kind of a little more tentative now about using social right. fear, which I understand. Um, it's very it's it's a very tricky thing because I, I, I also and I know this is not necessarily this interests me because. I find myself pulled between Scylla and Charbatus when I think about what it means to speak to the world and how you want to kind of do two things simultaneously. You want to be your best, most authentic self, and you want to speak honestly, and you also want to have a, a, a deep and legitimate understanding of where a lot of sensitivities lie in this world because of, a, you know, the realities that, that 
a lot of people have, you know, been sucking on the fuzzy end of a lollipop for a long time and they're sick of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hard. It is. And a lot of it comes down to, I, I like you said, you, you want to always be your best self in the world, but I, I use the internet as a way of researching and, and, and finding out new information. And that by definition, information I don't have, I'm, my understanding of things is evolving and I might either not know something or I might say what I do know very poorly. And I, don't think I should be destroyed for that. And I, I've never been, so I'm not complaining yeah. personally. I, I, I haven't. I had, there was a little imbroglio on Twitter with me that I won't go into here, but that was kind of like, you know, served as a bit of a cautionary tale for me. It wasn't really anything I said, but, you know, it, 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 it was, it was nonetheless sort of an unfortunate instance where because you develop um, relationships with people uh, on social media, you're tied to their, you know, voice. And sometimes, I mean, which is weird. It's like somebody who's a, who's a partisan of yours or somebody that, you know, is, is um, behaving in a way that you might not have anything to do with, but who people associate with you. It's very, I, I have pulled back from social media quite a bit um not that i ever was like deep into it but i i certainly did enjoy the one-on-one engagement with fans and i definitely appreciated the fact that it was a vehicle by which i could kind of talk about the hollywood food coalition and i'm trying to find my way now in this in this in this world to figure out like it's not it's not always easy you definitely some of your better tweets were always it's like you were channeling Roger Dangerfield. You were a king smartass in those. And that was one of the reasons I not only followed you, but hit notify because like, I just wanted to see every time you put a zinger somewhere in the world. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause you know, one man's zinger is another man's. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I made a, uh, we made a little video, you know, mm-hmm. just the very first little video we made just kind of promote this year's um, event. And a wonderful gal had a had a, a little party for us in Vegas and we had a, and a big crowd of people and I just said okay everybody you know um let's get together and we're all going to shout at 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 the same time you know track talk to motherfucker it's like ah! and it was you know it's, I mean, it's fun it's harmless it's funny yeah but you know I, it's like this language is not acceptable I've been watching Star Trek my whole life with my children it's like yeah. Ah, that drives me crazy. I, I will not. Okay. Uh, on the cruise earlier this year, I, I mean, I, I hold nothing against this person, but I was in line and I overheard somebody saying to somebody else, uh, can you believe so-and-so used the F word? I'm like, well, probably I, me. It's <laughs> like, I used it three times before breakfast. So I'm not exactly sure why you're so upset that this person you've seen on TV said it when everybody else in this room has no. too. Why I is know. that line drawn? I know, but that's exactly it. It's the problem is, is that I, as an individual, um, I, I work blue and I'm a smart ass. And however, I'm also, you know, and again, I, I'm very cognizant of the fact I'm not a major celebrity. So it's not as if I am the spokesperson for, but to the extent that I am kind of through Trek Talks wanting to speak publicly about an organization that I support, I'm, I'm, I have to be more cognizant of the dissonance between one conversation that kind of has to be the conversation that a not-for-profit would have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and another conversation, which is a conversation that John Billingsley is going to have. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I, I, it's a, it's a, you know, as somebody who always thought he was a vaguely recognizable character actor, primarily known for playing space aliens and child molesters, I never really thought I was going to have to kind of like worry too much about that. Um, you know. But to swing back, this is an excellent opportunity to kind of balance the line because when you have a, a telethon like we're looking at here, you have a clear delineation between this is the time we're using to, you know, Jerry Lewis is going to come on and tell his sob stories and talk about the importance of your donations. And here's going to be the song and dance routine. Yeah. And I also want everybody to feel, I mean, you know, I'm not saying anything to anybody, nor would I ever about, you know, you know, be careful in the conversation of a dialogue. If people want to come on and have a rambunctious 20 minute conversation, huzzah, mm -hmm. just as is true at the conventions. So yes, it, there is, there is a, you know, a, 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 there has to be a built in understanding between there is a mission that an organization has and the mission is important and it's, and it's valuable and it should be spoken to. And then there is the nature of the entertainment that circles around the mission that can be utilized to help raise awareness and don't try and put your aesthetic narrowness too much in the way mm -hmm. of the event. Um, but then I'm, <laughs> as my wife has often said, you could never have run for office. One, you're an atheist and two, you can't get three words out of your mouth without using the word fuck. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah. Not well, to mention my checkered past. Well, hey. Not to mention the fact that I also make a lot of jokes about playing child molesters on television, which, you know, I you know what the world generally, I think, is confused by. You can make that joke because you're the one that played them. You're the, you're the only person who can I, say that. I know. And my joke is usually something to the effect of, I don't even like children, much less am I eroticized by them. <laughs> um, well, my favorite one was where you said something to the effect of that, you know, people talked about you being typecast as the, the weird middle-aged intellectual guy. And you said, well, it's a step up. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Now I've aged out of child molestation. Now I'm too like, ew, ew I wouldn't want him molesting my child. No, no. Like, <laughs> so, uh, I, I won't ever, I mean, I won't ask you to, you know, get into the specifics of, what um who's going to do what and and because you already said you can't give the names and i'm i'm, I'm fair with that just but, a couple of, there are a couple of people who said they want to be announced closer to the day which i i can appreciate but as i said we've got brent spiner we've got jonathan frakes we've got terry farrell nana visitor john delancey um actually let me just pull my my list out here let's see who am i forgetting uh armin shimmerman bob bacardo rod roddenberry and hmm. heidi um, Brandon Braga is coming. Um, we are still working on a few people, so I probably shouldn't. I think Ciroc is joining us. Gates, I believe, is joining us. We are hoping that we can get a couple of folks from the uh, current shows. The um, Hageman brothers, I believe, are joining us. Um, and then there are a few folks that we're, we're kind of waiting on still. Additionally, we'll have Dan Curry and some folks who will be on a panel about the design of Star Trek, the making of Star Trek. We'll have some uh, folks, again, as I mentioned, on the panel about Trektivism, who come at the work from perspectives that are not necessarily tied to Star Trek, but they're wonderful people who do great work. It's going to be an amazing show. Um, 
that is really what I was getting at there. I was going to ask if you talked about the panels on diversity and on creation of the show, and if you were going to recommend specific events to, for somebody who's wanted to just get a glimpse of what a real in-person convention is like, what should they look for on that list? Well, so this is one way to look at it. Every two-hour block will be designed to, one, tell a little bit of a story of the Hollywood Food Coalition, two, have some interstitial entertainment. So Bonnie Gordon, the Roddenberries will have some pre-recorded musical interludes, and then there will be two 20 to 30-minute long interviews with some of the people I mentioned and one 45-minute panel. So in a two-hour block, you'll get a panel, a couple of chats, and some fun. And we don't know yet which two-hour block will feature which guests. This is the period of time when it's always the trickiest based on last year, when you actually have to start saying, do you have a preference as to whether you're early or late? And people are always, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to be. So we, mm -hmm. we, we, will, we will jigger. So some people who we thought might be, um, for instance, standalone guests, we'd have an entire segment just devoted to them. We may end up shifting or morphing people into pairs um, we may pre-record some things brent may be out of town in january so we may pre-record we did a great pre-recorded segment with will wheaton the other day so we're gonna be we just started this week designing the actual eight hour programming uh, blocks in more detail gotcha the, the panels, as I mentioned, one is going to be about tractivism, one is going to be about the behind the scenes, the making of Star Trek, what it's like to actually, how does the show look like the show? And we'll have effects folks, we'll have design folks, the Akutas, I believe, will be there, Denise and Mike. Um, the the uh, Sci-Fi Sisters are going to do, I think, something really fun, and we're kind of waiting to see who we might be able to get as guests. That This is where I can't, I can't quite give names because I don't have the yeses yet, but the hope is that their panel will be both a tribute to Nichelle and the significance of Nichelle's work, but also because we are performing uh, this on or, or holding this event on Martin Luther King weekend. We kind of want to talk about the legacy of Star Trek specifically. Um, and the Sci-Fi Sisters, their story itself, I think, is remarkable for African-American women who formed this marvelous um, team of podcasters and storytellers. And we kind of want to hear their story, what attracted mm -hmm. them to the franchise, what it is that brought them together. Um, but as was the case last year, you know, whatever you think is in stone one week, you find out is in sand the next. So uh, it will doubtless shift, morph, and change. We're going to make the first announcement of the first, you know, 60% of the guests who said yay next week. And then we'll announce individual guests as we, as we move closer, as we get permission, and as we get hopefully the last few yeses we need. Sure. Last, last year, what we did was we did more, almost every panel, with a few exceptions, was a panel with multiple people. And while we got great, I think, reaction, generally generally speaking, I think what a lot of people said was, oh, boy, I, I felt like there were too many people for the conference for everybody to get a chance to. I mean, we had a kind of a great, um, ironically, what happened last year, we'd never done this before. And I said, well, let me just invite a bunch of people. We're probably going to get a you know, bunch of no's. Everybody said yes. It was like, oh, <laughs> all right, well, I guess we're going to have seven people on this panel. I don't have to turn anybody down. So this year we kind of decided let's have more in-depth one-on-one conversations and let's do the uh, the asks in a more gradated way. So we've got, I think, maybe 80% of our asks are out. 
60% of the folks have said yes. And now we're going to kind of fill it out. Well, John, I will leave it there because I think that's a great pitch for somebody wanting to attend the event. Where can they check out the event and where can they follow your adventures online? So uh, I am uh, J Billingsley 60 on Twitter. I don't do Facebook. Um, I mean, I don't do uh, Instagram. So I'm, I'm, I'm never great with, with the camera and the pictures, but uh, follow me on Twitter. But more importantly, trektalks.net is the place to go to to find out how to watch the show. You can find out about the Hollywood Food Coalition. It'll link you to last year's show. So you can watch last year's show and see what you think. And you also, if you are interested, you can make a donation in advance of the show because there's a wonderful Give Butter link that will allow you to make a pre-pledge. Then we can say right out of the gate, we've already raised. Excellent, excellent. Well, all that is going to be in the show notes on my website, aaronbossig.com. If you're reading this right off the feed as it's fresh, you probably have a couple of days to prep, clear that schedule. So go ahead and do that. John, thanks so much for being yes, here. And I should also 10 to 6, 10 Pacific time to 6 Pacific time. I'll let you do the math depending on where you live, you who are in Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Right. I'll see you there. I would like to thank John for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. But it doesn't end there. Like John and I spoke about during the show, Trek Talks 2 is going to be a phenomenal event on January 14th, and I want to plan ahead now. I seriously want you to go ahead and circle that date on the calendar, set those hours aside, if at all possible. Because what we're going to do is we're going to put a full Star Trek convention experience in your lap, in your own home. And you have the option to enjoy it on your own with a cup of coffee or to reach out to your friends locally or online and set up a watch session to enjoy all the programming. And you're going to notice I haven't yet told you to go to Hollywood Food Coalition and donate some money. I'll get there. But for the moment, I just want to talk about ways you can enjoy this and benefit other people just by sharing this content. You're going to have hours and hours worth of Star Trek panels, entertainment, insights, jokes that you won't have to pay a dime for, and it's going to be available on the internet probably forever. This is something that we're making as part of the Star Trek fandom out of our love for the show, and we want it to be there. We want to share a Star Trek experience with somebody who can't afford to go to a convention or who can't get to one. And having said that, We are trying to redirect the funds we could get from this to the Hollywood Food Coalition, a group of people that, number one, they make sure people have enough to eat. They make sure the hungry are fed, but they do more than that. They actually go out and try to find ways to get life necessities, things like hygiene products, basic clothing items, the things you need to survive in life. A food pantry is not necessarily just about food. It's about making sure you can get by day to day without having the security that the rest of us take for granted. So what I'm going to say is, first of all, share this episode with other people. Send this podcast using the share button on your device, on your phone. Send it to as many people as you can. Email it, text it, and direct them to the Trek Talks event next week. Now, let's say, for example, what if you're getting this off the feed 
much after the event takes place? What what if it's January 15th or January 15th, 2047? I don't know. Whatever you do, if you come across this and you want to help, if you feel like you missed out, go ahead and send it anyway, because the event that we make now is going to be treasured on the internet for a good long time, and people are always going to be needy. We can always help them out. There will be a link on my website, aaronbossig.com, to the event, two places where you can make a donation. And here's another thing. If you can't spend any money, just promoting the event is a great thing. Just raising awareness for the fact that people in the Star Trek community care about this this much and want to make this just as much a part of our life as going to a convention, buying action figures, buying video games. This is important too, and we feel about this very strongly. Before I go, I just want to remind you that we do produce the Hungry Trilobite podcast in a partnership with the Sci-Fi Coffee Company. You can go to their website, sci-fi-coffee.com, browse their wares, check out their exotic blends, read their science fiction stories that they put up, and you can get 10% off your order by using the coupon code HUNGRY, as in Hungry Trilobite. Don't forget you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.